Welcome and thank you for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. The new year is a time when many people reconsider certain aspects of their lives. We make resolutions. We seek to improve. As we self-reflect, we need to remember we can't do this alone by our own means. It's always better with a guide. Here's First Pres Executive Coordinator Jenny Sung with the sermon, Vine to Table. Well, good morning. I am so excited. I can say I'm the first staff member to greet you into 2020. Happy New Year. So I took a compilation of the top three like, like 2020 slogans. I put them up there for you. Of course, it's about vision, right? 2020. So like, here's to seeing 2020. 2020, the future's so clear. Or hindsight is 2020. I'm like, oh. So there you have it. Now, I'm not going to preach on any of these slogans today. I will spare you of that. My name is Jenny Sung. I'm the executive coordinator on staff and a campus pastor with Pastor Dan for the downtown campus that we're building called The Vine. Uh, if you haven't seen Pastor Dan in a couple weeks, he's spending some vacation time. Um, his children are visiting from out of town, but you'll see him next week where he will be preaching on the character of God. So The Vine downtown campus is going to be opening pretty soon, and we'll be launching Alpha there at the end of the month and Wacko in Kaka'ako. Now, there is also Wacko here at Ko'olau, right? Wednesdays at Ko'olau is Wacko, and uh, Wednesdays at Kaka'ako is going to be like Wacko Kaka'ako, but it just didn't... We leave that up to Roselia, our wonderful director um, of marketing and all of that. Uh, so I hope that you'll bring new friends, you know, new friends, neighbors, coworkers into our wonderful community of First Prez and into this new space that we're building. Now I took some photos and uh, kind of put them together, like there's four slides to show you kind of the transformation. You know, these r- photos, they really help us to remember what God's been doing. You know, uh, that was kind of in the beginning. You see like live wires exposed. And then you see it kind of progress on and on over the months. And at times I was really discouraged because all this time we were waiting for the permits before building. And it seemed like months and months and it just seemed like it would never come. But looking back and just reflecting on these photos, it really helps us to remember God's promises It helps us to remember how faithful he is. And we can look forward to what God is going to be doing at the vine. It's good to ponder, to reflect. At the end of the year, many of us have done that, right? In 2019, we look back and we take inventory of the next year for the future. We pause and we thank God for his blessings. We think about lessons learned, mistakes we might have made, wisdom that we've gained, and we hope for the future. I think it's one of humans' greatest abilities to reflect and to ponder and to hope. We tend to respond to things that give rise to hope, you know, to courage and heroism, to goodness and to love. I recently saw a commercial that evoked that kind of response in me. 
And I was doing my annual tradition of New Year's Eve, which is, of course, to watch the Dick Clark's New Year's Eve special on TV. So there I was huddled around, you know, the TV set. And it's not like the next year for me until I see that big ball drop. And then I kind of laugh at all the freezing people in New York Times Square, right? They're freezing. I thought I saw something like negative seven, but it wasn't quite that low. Um, and, you know, I'm not really like an emotional person. I'm actually highly logic-driven. But it was during commercial time, and I saw this Google commercial, and I started to cry and laugh at the same time. You hear the words of a woman ringing out towards the end of that video. And that voice belongs to Viola Davis. She's giving a commencement speech at Barnard College. Davis came from a life of abject poverty. And she talks about that in her commencement address. And she's now the only, she's one of the very few African-American uh, producer and actress to earn the renowned Triple Crown. That means awards for the Tony, Emmy, and Oscars. I think Whoopi Goldberg was the other one. Leanne was teaching me that. In the video, you hear her voice ring out. She says, use your heart your courage and vision to heal and then ultimately to connect, to empathize. Because living life for something bigger than yourself is a hero's journey. Those words struck a chord in me, and I think they ring true for us as we move into 2020. We are living lives for something much bigger than ourselves. We're part of a much bigger story, a story so big it's monumental, a story so significant that it transforms your life. It's a story that gives us the capacity to heal and forgive and to love and reconcile and redeem a broken world to live a true hero's journey. We are part of a much bigger story. You and I are a part of God's story. When we hear the story and meet the author, our lives can't be reduced to just ourselves and surviving day to day. Our lives become bigger than taking care of me and what's mine. When we're touched by the author and creator of all, we're changed forever. You see, the author and creator is not some evil being or apathetic and distant laughing at us or some selfish egomaniac. The more we learn about God and spend time with him, we see that he is relational, even intimate. God is loving, good, selfless, wise. God's intention is to bless. He created everything and designed it to be good. In the first book of the Bible, Genesis, it says that God created the heavens and the earth and the plants and animals, and each time God says, it is good. He created us, mankind, in his image, and he says he blessed them. The more we examine the character of God, we realize that God's movement is to bless and heal and restore and reconcile. God is good, like the force, not the dark side. He's the brave and chivalrous in the house of Gryffindor, the very best of the Avengers. He's like Aslan, the lion. God is the foundation for all all that is good. James says that every good and perfect gift is from above. It's from him. And in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, we see that love comes from God. In fact, 
God is love. The definition of love. In the Bible, we read Jesus being described as the good shepherd, the light of the world, the prince of peace, the bread of life, the true vine. So the more we engage and connect, the more time we spend with him, the more we read his word, the more we experience his character and we're transformed. The more familiar this relationship that's meant for good, not evil, the closer we want to get and stay connected and tethered to the author and creator of all, we want to remain in God's presence. As we move into 2020, can we live in connection with God? Tethered to the author and creator of all and remain in his presence. The Bible uses the word remain a lot. We need to remain, or in some translations, it says abide, abide in Jesus. But what does that mean? Well, let's take a look at today's passage that shows one of the most significant allegories or pictures that describes our connection with God and how we are to live life. When Jesus came down as human and he walked the earth in the first century, he used pictures or imagery that were very familiar to the people of Israel. One was a a vine or a vineyard. So in the Old Testament, a vine or vineyard is often used as a symbol for the nation of Israel. And so God uses this image to explain his identity and to explain his connection with him, to explain our connection with him. It's probably the most important connection to understand as a disciple of Christ, as a follower. Let's read about this relationship in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Will you please stand with me if you're able as we read the word together? John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the fathers love me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. Jesus says, I am the true vine. 
That Greek word for true or real is alethinos, meaning true or genuine. <clears throat> it's that which has not only the name and resemblance, but the real nature in every way, in every respect. <clears throat> it's like the opposite of what's fictitious or counterfeit. So when Jesus says, I am the true vine to the people of Israel, he's saying, I'm the real deal. I'm the genuine article. You have life through me, not through the nation of Israel. I am the true vine, and the only thing that will save you is to have an intimate living fellowship with me. And he says to them, as he says to us today, I want to have an intimate living fellowship with you. I am the one that gives true life. Stay connected to me. Remain in my love. Some of us might think, well, why do we have to remain in him? I mean, what's the advantage? <clears throat> well, for one, to remain in Jesus means that we belong to him. And we all have a strong desire to belong and to be loved. There's an author of five New York Times bestseller books, and she's a research professor at the University of Houston. Brene Brown writes, a deep sense of love and belonging is an irreducible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to love, to be loved, and to belong. When those needs are not met, we don't function as we were meant to. We break, we fall apart, we numb, we ache, we hurt others, we get sick. Here's the surprise in life. We were meant to be connected to the one true vine, to belong with an intimate, loving God. And he wants us to be fruitful. We were never designed to live life without him and we can't like will the fruit to grow in our own lives on our own. We can't muster it and summon all our strength or use our intelligence or savvy or might for fruitfulness. Fruit is the character of Christ in our lives which comes by abiding in Jesus. Now remaining in Jesus, belonging to him, that's not just the end of it, right? Oh, now, yeah, I belong in Jesus, that's good, okay, that's the end, no. And nurturing fruit in our lives for like our own consumption, it's really not the ultimate goal. That's not the point. When God loves us and when he gives us his Holy Spirit, it's not meant to be kept to ourselves. Living a true hero's journey means that we are to share God's love with others. And as the church, we are called to embody before the world and all of the relationships in our lives the kind of transformed life that God desires. We're called to bear the fruit of the Spirit as a testimony of God's presence and work in this world. That's what it's about. And some think that the fruit of life, it's about money or titles or power or popularity or status. But that's not the fruit that lasts. We need the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that God gives us as we remain in Him. And as we remain in Him, we bear those things called the fruit of the Spirit, right? In Galatians chapter five, we read things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, can you imagine having all those qualities in increasing measure? I think it beats the fruit, 
of like hate or grief or chaos, impatience, evil, despair, rudeness, instability. I mean, wouldn't we truly be on a hero's journey if the world saw more and more of the fruit of the spirit? And Chris Pan, our executive director, he would share often about how he reflects on life and he asks himself, am I the kind of disciple that bears more and more fruit as the years go on? Do I have more joy than a year ago, more kindness, more self-control, more goodness? Jesus showed that there is a direct relationship between our connection to him and the fruit that we bear. It's like farm to table, except it's God's vine to table. Now, the farm to table concept reflects the direct relationship between the source of your food and the table where you eat your food. Now, one summer, uh, my family did a little farm to table thing. My best friend and the kids, they grew spinach and parsley and cucumbers right there in our front courtyard. And then they made this incredible meal using all those ingredients. And man, our little farm to table experience yielded the like, most flavorful, fresh food I had ever tasted. The farm-to-table concept has gotten so popular that restaurants will go directly to the source. They will go to the farm or to the fishery, and they cook with locally grown ingredients. And so you often get like more fresh, flavorful food because you're closer to the source. The closer the source, the better the food. It's like that with us. The closer to the vine, the better the fruit. Now, pruning, it's, it's a little hard to talk about pruning, but um, it's in today's passage. You know, talking about pruning is like talking about refiner's fire, right? Who wants that? We're like, oh, refiner's fire, no fire, no pruning. We avoid it, right? We, we kind of freak out a little bit, like, like when Thor got his hair all cut off. I don't know if you remember, by Odin's beard, you shall not cut my hair. No, not my hair. In fact, that was from the movie Thor Ragnarok, if you don't remember. Now, I'm not saying that God is Stan Lee, you know, laughing at us while we're helplessly strapped to a chair. No, he's not. Let me paint a different picture. Our father, who Jesus calls the gardener, prunes because he loves If you look at the definition of pruning, you'll see that the purpose of pruning is to cut away the dead things, the overgrown branches. And pruning removes the unwanted parts, the bad stuff. So the purpose of pruning is to increase growth, the fruitfulness, right? And also pruning, it takes a lot of care. I mean, when my kids and Laura Kay, they were, you know, working on that cucumber plant, They gave it so much care. They were inspecting the leaves every day and keeping the bugs away. And then they would check to see like if it got like too little water, too much water, or like too little sun and turn the plant and remove all the dead leaves. And I mean, if you you don't care, you would just let it die, right? But God doesn't want the dead or overgrown things in our lives. He cares too much. He wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. He wants us to flourish and to grow and to bear fruit that's gonna last. And so he prunes because he cares. And he loves us too much to stay stagnant. And so it says that even the branches that are bearing fruit, he prunes so that there'll be even more fruit. And one more thing to think about. 
When God prunes us, when his hands are on us, that's when he's the closest ever. And when God prunes a vine, his hands are on the branches, intimately close, and and when we go through hard times and it feels like God is pruning us, know that that's when God is closest. He's taking off the dead wood, dead leaves, making us stronger, healthier. Some of us, we may not even know that we're carrying this dead weight, the dead weight of overgrown things in our lives, unwanted branches. We're marred with the scars of trauma and betrayal, pain and regret. In the pages of my life, there are experiences of sexual abuse and shame, deception, loss and even death. And there were choices in my past that led to guilt and regret and actions that led me to cope in unhealthy ways. All our lives, we flip through the pages of our experiences, hoping to understand who we are and what our purpose is in life. We have withered branches marred with hurt and shame, with rejection and fear, branches that are brittle with pride or greed or selfishness and resentment or rage. Jesus knows it's gonna kill us. He knows where we are in life. In fact, he knows everything about us. And he desires to remove the things that will destroy and instead nourish us with the things that bear fruit. As God moves in us and through us, even through the struggle and the pain, as we remain in him, he gives us the heart, the courage, the vision to heal others and to connect, to empathize. Because living life for someone bigger than ourselves is a hero's journey. That's the true hero's journey. And abiding in Christ is to humbly know that we once were weak and someone came along and helped us to heal and strengthened us and loved us. And even though we are weak and sinful and at times lost, Jesus saved us. He gave his life for us. He was tortured for our sake He was crucified and died for us on a cross. We abide in Jesus as the true vine because he is the greatest hero. We want to follow him not because we have to or feel obligated to, but because we want to, because he loves us and we want to share that love with others. In fact, as we remain in his love, He empowers us to love others, to invite others, to gather at the table, at God's vine to table. In closing, I'd like to invite up the worship team as they tell you the story about our closing song. Every Wednesday, Heidi Lum and I pray at the vine. We meet at 5.30, we open with worship songs, and we pray and we walk around and we listen to the Lord. Just ask God, what is it that you want us to hear today? And you are all welcome to come and pray every Wednesday. A few weeks ago, we were praying, and and right there in front of me, I, I saw a vision like a table. And it was this table, and there were so many people gathering around this table. And, and the people, we all looked different, and it was different backgrounds, different ages, and people were just gathering at this table, and it was so joyful, like coming 
for a banquet. And, and I saw this and I turned to Heidi and say, I, I think this might be from the Lord. I saw this table. We were gathering at the table and she smiled. She played the song. And the words go like this. It says, from the cross, you made a table, making room for all of us. Though the feast is never ending, we will never know the cost. We give thanks around the table, the table of the Lord, where your mercy is pouring freely and your perfect love restores. Where your grace is overflowing, it spills out on the floor. There is always more at the table of the Lord. Or as we partake in our very first communion in 2020, let us gather at his table and connect with him in a new way. As we move into 2020, pray that we may be in close connection with the true vine, bearing fruit and inviting others to gather at the table. We thank you, Lord, that you create an abundant feast for us to come to your table. You are the true vine that gives us life. We want to stay connected. We want to remain in you. Holy Spirit, fill us. Will you guide us? Move powerfully in and through us that we may bear your fruit and bring others to gather at your table of abundance. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. If you'd like more prayer, please come up to the front after service. Maybe some of us have never heard of God's bigger story, or maybe you've heard parts of it or in the past, but drifted away and disconnected from the vine. Perhaps God is asking you to connect in a deeper way today. The invitation is open. Now please receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be gracious unto you. And may you always know the deep love of Christ in your hearts as you abide in him and follow him as the true vine. In Christ's name we pray, amen. God bless you and happy new year. As we venture into 2020 and as we think about growing and improving, Let's remember to always stay connected to the one true vine, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us at one of our worship services on campus at 45550 Ole Road, Kaneohe, Hawaii, 96744. We meet Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11. Follow First Prez on Twitter and Facebook. Download the new First Prez app. Watch First Prez sermon videos on our website and on Facebook. If you need more, you can call us at 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, Happy New Year, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the media ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu at Ko'olau.